Hello and welcome to the Sports Council Podcast. I am your host Matt, and I am here alongside Dylan and G for this episode of the show. The 2023-2024 NBA season is about to begin, so why don't we tell you how it's about to go down? We make our annual predictions as to who the top teams in the NBA will be this year, along with our MVP predictions and picks to win the finals. Today is October 19th, 2023, and this is episode 117 of the show. Yay. Guess what's back? LeBron's back. Ugh. Not LeBron. <laughs> Continuous everyday coverage of the Los Angeles Lakers and every single thing that they ever do. You guys aren't excited? I'm not excited. Uh, you know what I am excited for? Dylan, um, you got a new mic. Yes, I finally upgraded because if if this podcast is going to the next level, I got to adapt with the podcast as well. You know, that's, that's my same logic when I bought my mic. I was like, dude, if I got to take this seriously, I got to just buy this $200 mic. And I was like, exactly. all right. <laughs> no more headset mic. No more headset mic. No new more logo, mic. new mic, new season, or it's just all coming together for us, right? Yeah. But it's also opening a terrible chapter. Even though for this is NBA podcast, but NFL, what you guys covered the other day, I suck. I'm a fucking fraud. <laughs> wow. Well, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. If you want to hear more, <laughs> if you want to hear more, you know you gotta go. You gotta go to episode one sixteen, right? Yeah. Yes. Go back. back to go backwards. Sixteen of why. And then just come back after. I'm not happy. Yeah, and then Get you'll understand, recap. and then yeah, you'll be like laughing right now. Yeah, Dylan is a fraud. That's what they're gonna say, right? Yes. Well. Let's get to the point here, though. It's the NBA season. You know, put all that football aside. If you're not having a good year football-wise, fantasy, or, you know, your sports team in particular, guess what? The NBA's back, and you can talk about that instead of focusing on football. We're certainly going to do that this episode, and we have gone ahead and ranked all 10 teams on who we believe is going to be, you know, the best teams in the NBA. And, of course, we've always gotten into disagreements about that. So we're just going to get started here. We're going to talk about all the changes made so far in the league and just get you caught up to speed right before the season begins. So at number one, no surprise here, we all picked the Denver Nuggets. It's the reigning NBA champions. There's really nothing to say. They haven't gotten any worse, really. Bruce Brown is gone, right? I don't think they lost anybody else, right? Jeff Green, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Reggie Jackson. Man, Jeff Green. Oh, no, Reggie Jackson's gone. Actually, I don't even know that. <laughs> Got to update my thing. Yeah, I don't even know. My Reggie Jackson has been kind of off my radar. But, I mean, I think it's like, you know, no question. Like, I think we did this last year for the Warriors. Like, And I think this Nuggets kind of run was more impressive, I would say. With, I mean, they beat the Lakers, and they kind of smoked, uh, you know, the heat. They didn't really have much competition. They're clicking on basis and it looks like Jamal Murray's finally gonna have a healthy regular season. So best team in the league. Yep. And I just checked Reggie Jackson is a part of that team. We're good oh, to go. Easy. I mean easy. Yeah. Again, there's really just nothing to think about. Like I obviously with the Warriors last year with the title defense, uh there was a lot more stuff behind the scenes than we initially, you know, realized. But I don't think that there's an issue right now with the Nuggets squad. This is just a very cohesive team. Jokic just looks unstoppable, and I mean, now he's got the proven track record of winning in the playoffs, so I mean, how could you not bet against them? 
and Jamal Murray is healthy now. Jamal Murray is healthy. Yes. All right. Now let's get into the actual, you know, big ones. And we didn't really cover, you know, this trade when it went down. Obviously, we reacted, but we weren't able to get on a pod and talk about it. But now we're here. Let's talk about the Celtics and the Bucks, guys. First of all, the Bucks come out of nowhere. They make this huge trade for Damian Lillard. Out of, out of really nowhere, we all thought he was probably going to the Heat or just nowhere at all. And then all of a sudden, there's these rumors in September about the Bucks calling. And then the deal is just done at a certain point. And now Damian Lillard gets to join Giannis Antetokounmpo. Huge move. And I feel like that's just a completely unstoppable team. But hold on. Drew Holiday gets sent to the Blazers, who then reroute him to the Celtics in exchange for Grant Williams and what and Malcolm Brogdon and whatnot. And now you got a Celtics starting five of Drew Holiday, Derek White, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Kristaps Porzingis, who they also acquired. So now there's these two titans in the East right now. And we all have them ranked just a little bit between each other. I have the Celtics a little bit ahead of the Bucks. You guys, and Dylan also has the Celtics ahead of the Bucks. G has the Bucks ahead of the Celtics. But really, like, I feel like this is a toss-up, right? Yeah, it can really go either way. And honestly, I would say in terms of which trade moved the needle more, it's like almost identical too. Because the Celtics, they got everything they needed with Drew Holiday. And the Bucks got everything they needed with Dame. Although, obviously, Dame probably fills in more of a gap that they had in, in comparison to the Celtics. But in terms of where they are now, they're the exact same spot, right? The best the best or the second best team in the East. Like, And there's really, like, I think we can kind of spoil it a little bit. But we don't have any other teams in the East in our top 10s. No one you know not even an honorable mention so yeah. it's like you know we really have these guys to step in three steps above you know most of the nba but everybody in the east and you got i i just had the bucks ahead had the celtics because you got a difference maker in dame and I'm not saying drew holiday is not but in terms of fit and match it's going to work out a lot better for the bucks you got an almost unstoppable pick and roll you have an insane amount of space creation with dame obviously he can shoot from anywhere and you got Giannis who's can basically euro step from anywhere and be in dunking position so it's kind of hard to stop and they have still a great team all around Middleton another year off the ACL so they're going to be nice um I picked the Celtics over the Bucks just because I think I prefer having Drew I think Drew Holiday is a bigger plus than Damian Lillard going to the Bucks because um I think about it this way like if the Bucks and Celtics go head to head, right? I'm thinking, um, usually since Drew Holiday is such a great defender, I think he will be able to um lock down Damian Lillard. And since with the addition of Christoph Przingis, I feel like the Celtics have much they could stretch out the floor even more because I believe with when they used to have Time Lord last season, um, he wasn't really a he didn't really have a mid or a mid jumper, right? He was he had no more bag, in, no bag. Yeah, yeah, no bag. So, and he was only in the paint most of the time. So, I think having game the trade to get Drew Holiday and getting Kristaps Porzingis, I think that's why I kind of put the Celtics over the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I have the Celtics over the Bucks purely because, and I don't want to be labeled as a hater or anything, but I just. I, I get the move. I get why Damian Lillard wants to obviously get to the Bucks. The Bucks want Damian Lillard. He's a what multiple all time all star, 
probably the best, one of the best players in Blazers history. But I mean, I'm a little bit concerned about how old is he right now? Like, I want to say 32, something like that, 31. And yeah, I don't know about how much proven success he's had in the postseason. Obviously, obviously, he's been doing it alone. Really, oh, he's 33. Wow, and you know. I get that the pick and rolls with Giannis is going to be absolutely deadly, but I do wonder um, about that playoff experience. And, you know, we've seen the Bucks have had some of those woes in the postseason once again this year. And they also have, you know, a new coach, Adrian Griffin, is completely different, right? It's not the same typical Budenhoser, like, oh, we'll win 60 games and then not make it out of the first round or the second round. But right. this also could be a good thing because Mike Budenholzer did have his flaws as a coach too. Exactly. So I think, like, I just don't know what it's going to be like with Adrian Griffin. Like, I remember when I, we were talking about Emil Udoka and um, what's his name? What's his name? Brad Stevens? No, no, no. The, Joe the Missoula? Joe Missoula. Joe Missoula, yeah. Like, Missoula, like, I thought they were just going to integrate it well because Missoula was already part of the Emil Udoka coaching staff. But guess what? Like, Sometimes it doesn't look like he has any offensive uh, plans. Like he didn't, he doesn't drop any offensive plays, and they kind of just look stuck out there. I mean, I, don't I would. Know what, I, my yeah. thing is, I would use the same reference, but go back a coaching cycle. I feel like this is more of like a Brad Stevens to Udoko type of move, where you're not going to really regress. It's just going to be a different kind of energy around the team, where like that whole Udoka to. Missoula wasn't really planned out you know it wasn't supposed to happen so it's less of a we wanted to make this coaching move whereas Stevens to uh, Udoka was the planned move you know that was the future where we wanted to go even though this was a kind of was a little forced of hand I would say in terms of firing Mike but you know I do feel like it'll be a more of a smoother transition going forward for the Bucks. Yeah. different mindset yeah exactly yeah, and I think that's why maybe right now I have the Celtics ahead of them right now. Also because not only the coaching integration, but I think it's going to be harder to integrate a star like Dame compared to just integrating more tertiary pieces like Porzingis and Holiday. I think they know their role. Obviously, Tatum and Brown are still going to be the stars. Okay. But yeah, and then Damian Lillard, I think, you know, obviously they're going to have to put in a huge kind of role for him. I don't think it's going to matter too much. You All know, right. In the postseason, they're going to know what they're going to do with him by then. But I think in the regular season, they might see some friction. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask both of you guys here. Uh, who works better as complements to each other's games? But what the Bucks have in Dame and Giannis or Tatum and Brown? Okay, and think about that. Just because they've had success, that's not my question. I mean, realistically, if you watch their games, whose games complement each other better? It's easily yeah. Dame and Giannis, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they were made to play with each other. That's why I don't think it'll be too hard for a coaching somatic to figure out because there's not much to figure out. You just got to get them the ball, and they're going to go. It's not about, oh, I need to put Giannis in the low post. You don't need to do any of that shit. It's not that complicated, you know? It's going to be very simple, I feel like, to figure out what they need to do, and they already kind of know what they both need to do. You just need to figure out the pieces around them. Very easy to figure out after that. You know, you already have most of them. Uh, you know, maybe a two guard or, you know, figuring out that is more of like a GM thing, but then that's what you got to figure out. Essentially, it's all it's missing from the roster. Otherwise, it's all completed. Connaughton's um, their shooting guard, right? 
Yeah, I think so. Or uh, Malik Beasley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do want to point out as well for the Bucks. Uh, I think recently today they mentioned uh, Terry Stotts. Uh, he just stepped down as AJ Griffin's like uh, assistant on the coaching staff. Yeah, so. I heard about that. So is that a big deal? Like uh, he got into like a I don't know argument or confrontation between him and the coach, right? And then he stepped away. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. Obviously, we don't have all the information just yet. It could, be a, it could be a potential, like Stotts believes, you know, he, as the assistant head coach, he's kind of more used to the head coaching. And obviously, AJ Griffin, he's like, is it Adrian or AJ? AJ. I think it's, okay. I think it's AJ. AJ. And, you know, he's a new coach. He's new to this. So maybe he was kind of like, you know, like overstepping co- him a little bit. Coaching from the backseat, right? So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just, I wonder a little bit about, super teams because we've seen over the years like only a couple of them have really really been successful like i think the heat and the warriors right and i don't know if there has been another super team really and it, can we even qualify this as a super team no i was gonna say no it's not i don't think this is a super i think team. you need three superstars or almost four all nba five. level no four all nba level players or three <laughs> superstars five. five is just I mean, insane because you got three, super, three superstars would be like your heatles and then your four all all nba level players would be like your warrior super teams you know that's just only real two super teams that come to my mind i think i think super team is either two superstars or like three all-stars basically no because the bucks right now are in a super team the lakers with anthony davis and lebron were in a super team well i don't and, i don't consider anthony davis a superstar Okay, or well, this Dame, Bucks team so. isn't a superstar. Dame's definitely a superstar. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah there's Giannis, but Chris Middleton, he's just an all-star. That's what I'm saying. Just an it's, it's a really, really good team. They're not even the best team in the NBA, so we can't. How do they be a super team? Not the best team in the NBA. Warriors are a super team now, right? Right, because they got an all-star off the bench. They got all-star Andrew Wiggins. You mean starting? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I guess I guess that's something we're gonna have to talk about. I later. think we should just oh. jump right into it then, right? Like I feel like we're kind of all done right. With let's this. go, Thunderdome. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's talk about our, all our favorite team right now. So four, five, and six. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna give it to you the three teams that we all have in unison, but we have all different order. So we have the Phoenix Suns, Golden State Warriors, and Los, Los Angeles Lakers. So uh, we all have them in different order. Surprisingly, I have the Warriors the highest at four. The Suns at the five, the Lakers at the six, and you guys want to give them your list there too. Uh, I can go first. Um, I put Lakers four, Warriors five, Suns six. Yeah, why Suns six? First of all, um, I I I always put the Suns a little bit lower because uh, I just feel like every single year they just blow up at, and not in the good way towards the end of the season right like two seasons ago um you had um deandre aiden right and who's the who's the current coach at that time um monty williams it, yeah monty williams like they had like some falling out like during the playoffs which is like the worst time to do so and last year right um they were real super injured i believe and like they were just relying on uh devin booker and kevin durant only and they didn't really have anyone else on the bench to rely on because i mean you they at that time they had like for example like damian lee right are you really going to rely on damian lee 
to carry your bench or Cameron Payne, right? So um, that's why I, based on track record right now, um, I put them at six, even though they have Bradley Beal. It's just um, what I'm worried about the most with the Suns is um, their bench because I feel like every season or at the start of the season, the Suns always have, they're very top heavy and they don't really have any depth in their roster. That's kind of why I put Suns at six. I can see that. I think in terms of the culture change, though, like, or like what you say about there being a culture of kind of like being the top heavy and there's also kind of friction. I mean, there's a lot of pieces that have changed, right? Monty Williams isn't even there anymore. It's Frank Vogel, right? And then we and have, have DeAndre Ayton now. <laughs> David Fisdale, right? They shipped out Chris Paul. They shipped out DeAndre Ayton. They basically have Yusuf Nurkic now, who's probably not going to be problematic. I mean, how? I don't even know how he would be. And then you got Bradley Beal, right? So, and then, you know, you got a whole new owner too. Like, so it's a completely different kind of org change. But I do agree with you. They are very top heavy. I have them at four right now just because I feel like if they can accomplish what they're going to accomplish, I think they have that ceiling where they can just contend with any of these other three teams right now. And, you know, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, I don't even care about Bradley Beal right now. Devin, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, you give them a full season of that, I feel like that just has so much potential. I feel like Kevin Durant elevates any kind of floor, really. And then Booker is just, I feel like he's just one of the best players in the league right now. He's just ascended to that superstar status. And you add in Bradley Beal as a tertiary option. Yes, I think the only issue right now is defense and uh, the bench right now because they got like they got Grayson Allen and you know Eric Gordon, who I feel K- like is K- ancient. Diop? Kenta Bates Diop? Yeah, that guy. Isn't he pretty decent? Uh, I have no idea. I've never seen him play in my life. Utah's not bad. They have Utah now. Utah Watanabe? And he's not, I think he's not bad as a real player. He's a shooter. He's a shooter for sure. I mean, he's better than Damian Lee. Yes. I just, I just don't see, like, I don't see where their roles are. I feel like there's just three, like Eric Gordon and Watanabe, they're the scorers off the bench, but like you got, you got to have some role players that play defense, right? You got, you got to have some cutters, facilitators, like people need to know their roles. And if everyone's a shooter on the Suns, then, it's just going to be like 163 to 162. Like, I don't know what you can't coach like that. How do you have so, him at four? Cause you just convinced me that you almost uh, take him out of my five and put him at six and move the Lakers up to five. Yeah. Well, and I was telling a... oh, because oh, I was going to say, I do. Oh, go ahead. I, I well, just I... have doubts about their roster. Like you said, and you just convinced me to change it. So I'm changing it. I and just think that, you know, again, with the talent, the talent of the Suns still, because I'm doing all the negatives, but obviously it still can work because if you have three guys like that, it's still possible, right? I still think that they have a ceiling that can challenge basically anyone else. But I kind of want to bring up one question, though, to um, looking at the roster. Um, you have Kevin Durant, you have Devin Booker, and you have Bradley Beal. And going back to the topic about like having superstar rosters, right? Or su- super team rosters, right? How these three players tend to ask for the ball the most in recent memory. And for example, when Kevin Durant, um, when he was with the Warriors for a bit, um, Steph was willing 
to take a step back or Clay Thompson is willing to, um, I mean, he did mention he was going to stay who he is, but for Steph, he was willing to play more or off ball or willing to give up the balls occasionally. Right. So my question is how would you be able to share the ball with three people that rely on the ball the most? Personally, I think that uh, Devin Booker is going to be the point guard. I feel like even though Bradley Beal is listed as the point guard right now, I feel like Devin Booker, that first bold take of the season here, Devin Booker is going to have more assists, average more assists than Bradley Beal. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that either because last year Chris Paul got hurt. Um, Devin Booker took up a lot of the facilitating thing because Cameron Payne is dog shit, so he had no other <laughs> choice. And he was getting 9, 10 assists pretty easily. Which is uh you know, it doesn't sound like you know crazy numbers, but for a guy that just like Dylan says takes a lot of fucking shots, it's pretty impressive that you can still do that. So uh, I agree with you, Matt, and that uh, that he will be the probably averaging like close to eight to seven assists, eight assists, and I like what they have in the teams of stars. But just you know, Frank Vogel's a really good coach, and I just don't see the center that you kind of have in every single Frank Vogel scheme. Even in comparison to like Roy Hibbert, like that fit the mold at least of what the scheme fit is. Like Nurchik, I'm not sure if he's good anymore. Like he's old, he doesn't have, he doesn't play many games. He's you no know, injury prone. Yeah, he's injury prone. Like he just doesn't like show me like what what Vogel's looking for. He showed us on the Lakers what he's looking for. He had Dwight and Javale. They're both athletic, defensive. You know, you know, up and running. Nurture can't even barely run. He's like slow as shit, you know? So it just doesn't make sense scheme fit wise. And then, I mean, regardless of who starts at point guard, they don't even have a backup point guard. Like, like Cameron Payne is not the answer. Whatever else they have is not the He's answer. He's not there. He's not? Okay. So then, yeah, it's even worse. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just have a lot of questions with like where the rosters are for like, let's say the Lakers, this team we haven't talked about much. I just am, you know, not the biggest fan of like players like D'Lo and stuff but I really like Austin Reeves I feel like he's more reliable than all the Suns role players you also have Vanderbilt you have Rui Rui I would take over every single one of the Suns bench players um you know Gabe Vincent Gabe Vincent also take him over all the Suns play like it's not a close in terms of role players and if you're considering like there's only one basketball and I have to pick between three guys that might not even know how to play together or LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like where would I rather have the one basketball? I'm probably going to lean towards the Lakers there. Like LeBron is like insane with the ball in his hand, you know, like you rather have it there if you're only, and he's sharing the ball, you know, he gets everybody else involved. The questions that we have about the Suns of who's going to distribute, who can do this. Lakers have multiple guys that can do that. Austin Reeves, Daniel Russell. Well, that's the only thing he's really good for. Russell is like, you know, he he knows when not to take a shot sometimes and dishes it off and gets everybody else involved. And, you know, it's just a really good roster that after the All-Star game, or All-Star break last year was playing some of the best basketball defensively too. So, I don't know. I just don't see, like, the, the hole in the Lakers roster as simply as I do with the Suns. And I could easily see one injury happening to even, like, a nerd chicken if it messes up the whole season, you know what I mean? Like, because now you don't have a center and who are you running out there, right? Like, Whereas, you know, Lakers and Warriors, they have a lot of depth, and we haven't even got into the, the Golden State Warriors, you know. Yeah. I do want to point out, too, the Lakers did pick up Jackson Hayes, which I think Beautiful pick is up. a good pick. It's a yeah. great pickup because we all know Anthony Davis is going to be sitting on a chair or <laughs> wearing his street clothes, 
at some point in the season. So, and having Jackson Hayes as his backup, basically, I think it shores up a lot of the weaknesses that um, the Lakers had last season, which is like being healthy or having a, a strong center. Yeah, Jackson I mean, Hayes. He's not a strong center. I think that's a, that's a little bit of a stretch, but I think you mean like a, back, a strong backup center because he's strong. He's yes. a good backup. He's a solid backup. He's better than Bull Bull. Like, that's what the Suns are going to be trotting <laughs> out there, bro. Like, what are we doing, dude? It's not 2K. Like, bro, if you were playing this park and you had Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and Bull Bull, bro, you'd be unstoppable. But this is not that. You know, you're not playing to 21. So. If you were in the park, then you'd have five Bull Bulls. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny point bro all the 2k cheesers yeah i love that yeah i'll i'll give you this i'll give you this because i had the lakers warriors i had it Suns warriors lakers and it could have easily flipped and judging by the arguments i honestly want to flip them at this point but i'll tell you why i had it in that order because i had the Suns as basically the most top heavy star-studded team and i feel like they had the biggest ceiling lakers i feel like have the highest floor I feel like, you know, obviously 38-year-old LeBron, I, I'm i going to say that he still plays at a star-worthy level, obviously. Anthony Davis is the where he is and the amount of games he'll play, he'll probably play well, right? So then, but I just worry that, you know, they have a great, you know, overall roster, but I also don't know exactly how far it can go, right? Because mm-hmm. it just, it depends on just, you know, can they reach the same ceiling that they were last year? which is basically upset the you know Grizzlies, beat the Warriors, and then get swept by the Nuggets, right? I just wonder if they can continue that momentum or is our role players just going to be role players, right? And you need a star eventually at the end. And then, you know, the Warriors, are, the Warriors are kind of in the middle right there, right? They got their all-stars. They got a little bit of a better team here, right? They added Chris Paul, right? Yep. We picked up Dario Saric. Dario Saric. I like that move. Like that, hey, I'm not gonna lie. This is super recency bias, but that young guy they got in the second round this year, that center, uh, what's his name, Matt? I'm sure you know. Trace Jackson Davis, I want to say something like that. He is really, really useful for them because he will be, you know, just exactly what you need with Chris Paul. Just a guy to go up there, catch some lobs, dunk it, finish it, and you know, just hustles. Great pickup. And he yeah. can sing too. He can sing. Really? Uh, yes. Um, early, fun fact, he was singing uh, Halo by Beyonce during open practice <laughs> earlier today. Earlier today. Eye. You watch it? You're watching practice? I did watch it before the podcast. I'll that boy was getting ready. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really like... I For me, I put the Warriors at five because I think the biggest thing, um, which is good this during this preseason, is um, no distractions compared to last season. We all know what happened. We all TMZ recorded. No, I don't it. remember what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, to again to um, TLDR, uh, pool parties closed. It has been moved to DC, and um, I'm just glad that um, the Warriors can finally f- focus this season because it feels like they they're all vibing well. Um, I think the chemistry is still building. And that's, um, that's what happens when start- Draymond gets hurt during the fucking off season. Everybody can enjoy their off season. <laughs> Man. Okay. But, well, I first of all, I want to just let's get this out of the way here because I feel like this is the debate we're going to have here. Chris Paul, is he going to be on the bench this year? 
That is not a fair question to ask. Um, I'm going to explain to you why, because that doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Starting bench doesn't matter. Chris Paul makes the team better, period. Mm-hmm. And that's what matters, right? Like at the end of the day, if he's starting or if he's with the second unit or if he starts and then mostly plays with the second unit or if he, you know, bench and then finishes the game with the starters, whatever it is, he's just making the team better. And that's all you want, right? At the end of the day, like if you're watching what they're doing out there, like Curry is playing so much off the ball and playing two and there's plays where the Warriors are going down and they're running a Chris Paul, Sarge for pick and roll and then kicking it to Clay and Steph's not even touching the ball and they're still scoring. And that's, honestly never happened because if you had pool with the ball he's only looking for his own shot you know you've never had a person that's you know because draymond's most of the assists are kind of going to steph right or design plays but that's not what's happening with chris paul so you have such a creativeness on what you can do with offensive like schemes and stuff like that that's why i just have them like their untapped like potential as a team could just be through the roof offensive like efficiency wise obviously there's deficiencies in defense and rebounding but like fuck that who cares about that shit I get that. And I'm not saying that, you know, Chris Paul is not going to be, you know, I think he's obviously going to make a positive impact for this team. But I just, because we're obviously hearing these, you know, rumors and discussions like Chris Paul in the starting lineup or not. And there's even talks of Clay having to defend fours, which is ridiculous in my opinion. What do you think is the best move, though, for the Warriors? To start him or to not? I'm biased. I'll let Dylan answer. <laughs> I'm gonna say the opposite. I I think it'll be cool for him to start off the bench, but I want him to I think what G alluded to, I want him to finish with the first with the first unit. Just because um it's a long season. Eighty something games, right? I were have him like save his legs a little bit and just be able to sustain that throughout the regular season. And I think by having him come off the bench, right? Um because previously or previous seasons, uh, what the Warriors have trouble with is whenever Steph Curry um, comes off comes off the floor, right? Our offensive efficiency efficiency goes all the way down, and by I feel like by bringing um, Chris Paul with the second unit or subbing in for whoever's from the first unit, um, they're able to maintain that. Um, or main, maintain that offense because Chris Paul can open open up so many venues for the offense. So um, that's kind of why I would prefer having Chris Paul come off the bench. No, and I completely agree with every single one of your points there. Like, I think Chris Paul should start off the bench, and that's exactly what they should do. I think what they do with the Warriors is that you know Looney is obviously basically their only rebounder sometimes. And they need him out there. I don't think you can start off small. And then, you know, obviously you'll have a little bit more speed. But also, at the same time, Chris Paul is not... He, he kind of holds onto the ball more, right? So it's not like everything's super speedy every time with him, right? So I think that they should let him come off the bench. And if you saw that preseason game yesterday, they, had, they were running the unit, which I think is going to be their unit off the bench, which was Paul, Thompson, K- Kuminga... Sarge and Peyton and I thought that was a really good lineup like I think you can get a lot from that you get defense for Peyton and you got a cutter in Kuminga who can just you know do anything inside you got a shooter outside in Thompson you got a facilitator in Paul who can run the pick and roll with Sarge like I think that's exactly what you want out of the bench unit you need to know your role like the Warriors went back in the dynasty days they had 
you know, David West and Ian Clark. And every time they were, they just had this one like spam, basically David West catches it at the top of the key and then he passes it to a cutting Clark. I feel like it's just going to be the opposite. Paul's going to cut it like just facilitate it to anybody there. And you need a guy like that instead of a guy like Jordan Poole, who's going to, you know, wave off everyone. Yeah. Right. Score 41 in the preseason. Like, and force Curry <laughs> to throw his uh, mouth guard at, at the fans. Yeah, and it's and good to have. Like, you get it. The, the thing about a bench unit is that you're not here to steal the show, right? You're not here to steal the show. You're here to do what, like, to maintain the score, basically. And I think Chris Paul knows that. He has the experience and he has the intelligence to know this is what I have to do in order to make sure, like, and by facilitating he gets everyone involved in the offense like everyone feels like they have an ability to do something and make an impact on the game right so i feel like he's going to be a great influence for kuminga for moody right that's exactly why i want to see him off the bench because i think that he's going to be the leader of that second unit they're all going to thrive under him that's the nicest thing i've ever said about chris paul well i think i'm still I'll be honest, when I first saw, like, on Instagram, when I saw uh, Chris Paul wearing a Warriors jersey, it was a little bit, like... Yeah, it's still weird. It's hard to get used to. It was really hard to... Get, it was kind of... It took a little bit to get used to, because you always see him, like, on the opposite end, like, when he was a Clipper, when he was a Thunder, or Houston, or Phoenix. I think we're I just so conditioned to that, but it's just, like, mesmerizing seeing him in a Warriors gear in, for so long. It's weird. It's, like... It's like when you go too far in NBA, like the My career, the My franchise, right? And it's like all of a sudden Damian Lillard's a buck and Chris Paul's a warrior. Like something's wrong. Like <laughs> it just have, doesn't look I right. I have two questions for you guys before we wrap up this conversation. Like we don't see this happening right now because Draymond's hurt, but Draymond and Chris Paul on the court together is going to be really weird, I think. I think that's going to be the biggest thing to figure out. And I don't know how many minutes they'll be playing together, but like Dylan said, to close out lineups, I'm pretty sure they'll be playing a lot together. I just, I don't know. It's going to be weird. Don't you guys think like how that would work out? Cause Draymond's not your typical, you know, five that's going to be able to run small ball with Chris Paul running pick and rolls and stuff. Right. Like as much mm-hmm. as, you know, other fives or fours, even like Blake Griffin and stuff that he's played with, because they're bigger size, you could just dump it off to them in the paint. They're going to go and get a bucket, right? Draymond doesn't do that. Draymond's the one that usually holds the ball in the pick and roll and sets, you know, sets off ball and stuff. So I don't, that, that little kind of chemistry or how that's going to coexist is going to be interesting to me between Draymond and CP. Yeah, I wonder who's going to be the one to hold the ball at the end, right? Because obviously, like, I think Curry and Green pick and roll is like they're like the most efficient play right in their playbook and they only use it at the end and i wonder like yeah who's gonna like because i feel like you can't get away from that but at the same time like i don't know maybe chris paul Draymond green pick and roll but then like you're literally getting steph curry basically out of the game so i don't know it's that is an interesting question yeah and then i'm i just i don't know i don't know what do you think don i i think they're gonna give chris paul the ball just because um He's more of a threat than um, Draymond Green just because, again, what I said about earlier with Chris Paul and opening up avenues for the offense, um, whenever Draymond holds the ball, like people know like to back off or force him to shoot the three, right? With Chris Paul, he can still shoot the three, and you can't back off. You can't give him too much space. Otherwise, he's just going to 
you know how he takes his mid- middies, right? It's really yeah. it's really smooth. So I feel like um, people. I think Chris Paul, when he closes out games, he's gonna draw more attention, which um, it's gonna allow Draymond Green to like cut towards the basket more or play a little bit more off ball during the so season. Dray- Draymond off ball is kind of my big question because like okay, you're gonna set off ball screen for Clay, set one for Steph. Chris Paul has a ball. You're probably dribbling it with Andrew Wiggins. I'm assuming something of that nature, right? Um, but after you set one screen, two screen, like what does Draymond go and do? He cuts. Yeah, he can't you know, shoot outside. He can't shoot outside, right? Okay, so let's flip it now. Draymond has the ball. What is Chris Paul going to do off ball? Nothing. And there's literally nothing Chris Paul does off ball. Like I've never seen. He's never played in a position <laughs> where he needs to move off ball to create open shots. You know, he's literally never did that. That is very kind of concerning. That's why I think the big thing that they're going to end up doing is staggering their minutes, right? So where you can run kind of like two separate type of offenses. You run one through offense through Jamal, one through Chris Paul. And when they're on coexisting, that's going to be kind of the big question. Uh, because, you know, with Draymond, you know, what do you, what does Chris Paul do off ball, right? Like he not setting screens. You could set him a screen, but he's not going to come off of a screen and pull up a three, right? Like, what have you ever seen yeah. him do that? Maybe like he'll pull up for take a dribble, dribble with hit a mid range or something. But I mean, are we really designing plays for Chris Paul mid ranges now? Like, is that what the best, I <laughs> mean, is that what we traded him? Is that what you Warriors traded him for, right? Like, so it's like weird though. I don't know what exactly like that facet of the game is going to look like. Cause right now when you started him, like the first couple preseason games, it all made sense, you know, like with Wiggins at the four and you got clay at three, Curry at the two, Chris Paul at the one, you know, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like what's, what's the issue there. Right. Like, but now you got like, you know, Draymond at the four. Then where does Wiggins go? Obviously he's got to play Wiggins. He's the best defender, right? Like perimeter defender. You got him at three clay, Chris Paul, Steph, like what are we doing there you know clay's not going to the bench or chris paul might not go to the bench and then you're running chris paul draymond green picking rules like yeah the easiest way to say this is that basically they're going to run the same lineup the deaf lineup everyone plays the same role and then chris paul has to adjust that's what i think like will be probably the easiest solution it's not gonna work then i don't think because yeah because chris paul would have to play the iggy role or the what the, know, what, like, what 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 is Chris Paul's game resembles the Iggy role to you? Basically, sometimes just other than the IQ, <laughs> take the clutch three, right? And the Martians are pointing the death, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Dude, he's the dude. oldest warrior now. Yeah, I guess so. I'm sure he's mentoring fucking the the goat, the baby goat, Pode. Yeah, we gotta get Pode on the pod. Yeah, Pode's on pod. Zimski. Yeah, he's nice, man. He's nice. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I, I healthy mean, healthy discussion there. Well, we'll talk more about it later. And I'm sure Vivek, eventually, when he comes back on, he'll probably have some thoughts as well. Now he has to support the State Farm commercials. I don't Dude. think they're doing them anymore. Are they going to do them still? I hope so. The Steph, Steph Chris Paul uh, State Farm reunion would be pretty fire. State Farm and Car- uh, CarMax. <laughs> oh, my Lord. That's sick. Wow. Okay, I mean, at 7-8, and eight, we have the Kings and the Clippers, Clippers and Kings, really kind of flip-flopping. Um, I think we all agree that the Kings are probably just going to sustain their success, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. think, I don't see where they got better. I don't see where they got worse as a team. 
Um, I'm sure another year under the belt, another year under your coach, you'll be better. Um, and I just like I like what they had last year, right? Like as a team, they figured it out. I mean, the very first play against the Warriors, they ran the same play that they do every time for the first play of the game. Is that like off the ball screen for Kevin Hoyter and then off of Demonis Sabonis screen and then he's top of the screen and just cashes it every time. That's like their same thing and it looks like they're still doing the same thing and they should be just as good, right? Yeah, I see no issues with them and I think they'll get better as long as De'Aaron Fox starts to continue to develop and, you know, Keegan Murray, obviously he didn't have a great showing last series, but he was a rookie, so hopefully he just continues to grow and then one day they'll get rid of Harrison Barnes. <laughs> yeah, his, his, uh, his playoffs wasn't good. He had a great uh, rookie season, uh, red terms regular season though, and yeah. he's had a great preseason too as well. I don't know why Harrison Barnes is still in the lineup or the starting lineup. Harrison Barnes is like the, I guess, like the average. Like, it's hard to get better. It's hard to get worse. No, it's like, it's definitely you can get easy to get better. Right. Well, I don't know. I'm not a big Harrison Barnes guy. Like they could have honestly, in my mind, gone and gone Grant Williams, and I thought they would have gotten better. Like it wouldn't have taken much. <laughs> I don't know. So like, ass. I feel like he's, he's so just, ass, dude. He's just he's like he's such a body. I don't know. He's a very baseline. They need to go get like they need to they need to turn him uh, Harrison Barnes into like a Chris Middleton to really take a step forward. You know what I mean? Like not like yeah physically Chris Middleton, but like that type of player. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I think he, they. I just feel like do with Harrison Barnes ceiling. is just. I just feel like he's just there. Like he's just there to play, but not there to like. <laughs> to make the, the team better. Like team. I don't think they look yeah. at Harrison Barnes like, come on, man. Just, if you just do this one little thing more, we'll just be a better team. They're just like, okay, well, we know Harrison Barnes gonna go out there and get us twelve. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Where can yeah. we get the other ninety-five or one hundred and twenty points we're gonna need? Like you know. He. It's like, to me, it just thinks. I just think about it like. If you're like doing taking a test and you just don't know the answer and you just fill in like a random answer, I think that's just him. That that's what? him. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard something like that, but okay. It's just you just write down Harrison Barnes. Yeah, you just, it's basically like I'm just gonna fill you're like, you like, in. Fuck, and fuck, just... fuck! I need to put an answer in. All right, fuck it, <laughs> Harrison <yeah>. Barnes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna try that next time. Thank you, Dylan. That's how I kind of feel about putting the Clippers in at the seventh seed, though. You know what I mean? Like. Like seven, eight seed, like we're just like, okay, well, I'm running out of good teams here. You know, there's like, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of, you know, not top 10 teams, like all the teams other than the Bucks and the Celtics in the East, and then a few teams in the West. Like, um, and then you're just like, damn, but like, there's the Clippers. I just got to fill them in. You know, like, they're, they're, they're going to be the Clippers. Like, they're, neither of their players are going to play 65 games probably and make <laughs> any type of all NBA or anything like that. And then you got like, you know, Russell Westbrook now who's starting point guard still or coming off the bench. I'm not sure what their role is now for him, but they're going to assume that they're probably soon going to add James Harden to start as well. And now you got this all death lineup of fucking unreliable fucking shitheads. (laughs) And, you know, like, what do they do? Like, it's just, I don't even know if they're just good. Like, James Harden's not good. Like, he's just so unreliable. Diva. God. Forcing a trade again. Him him versus Russ and who's gonna be out the league first is just an insane battle. When one of them beats the other, like when Russ had the Lakers season, and then Harden's like, nah, bro, watch me on the Sixers and the Nets, bro. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Look, shit. I I think the Clippers, we just know what they are. Last year we ranked them really high and we had championship aspirations, but I think 
We've learned our lesson. We know who they are. They are just a very talented team on paper, but we just cannot trust them to go any further than the second round. Like, it's just like, I don't know. Second round is a peak season, too. You know what I mean? It's not even like, like, second round is if, like, they stay healthy, get a good playoff matchup, and then win. Like, most likely a first round exit. Yeah. They had a first round exit last year, right? Yeah, exactly. But that yeah, was against yeah. the Suns. Against yeah. the Suns, yeah. They didn't make the second round. Like, second round is like their ceiling now, and then the floor is the playing. So it's very definite in what the Clippers are. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, now that we they're, say all this, they're, they're, they're probably going to make healthy. it. They're going to. Kawhi's about to play all eighty-two, have a better season than he did in Toronto, and this was the season that the Clippers win. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> That's what I think every time I make some type of ranking like this. I'm like, damn, exactly what I say is going to be the opposite. And like, you know. I think we had Nuggets pretty low last year, so. <laughs> but that wasn't even out of like a disrespect thing. That's just because like, you know, who the fuck was picking like... the Nuggets? You hit those fucking Nuggets, bro. Yeah. Well, let's go on to our 9 and 10 this year, who are probably going to be the champions. I mean, I got the Mavericks and the Grizzlies. I mean, again, like G said, we didn't have any other teams in the East. I just don't trust any of them 76ers the whole situation is volatile Joel Embiid versus the world Cavs I don't really have faith in what they can do Knicks had a good postseason run but again I don't see them in that upper echelon of oh I think they can contend for a championship at least with the Mavericks and the Grizzlies I feel like they have good pieces in place like they have Luka they have Kyrie right full 82 games of them Grant Williams we'll see yeah, Grant Williams. Uh, well, I don't know. But it's like, <laughs> we'll see how many games Kyrie plays too. Like, But they have the ability to kind of make some noise, I think, with Luka Doncic. And then the Grizzlies, John Morant's going to be out for what, like 30 games, I think? 25. Right? I think 25. 25, okay. Can um, I make an adjustment to my 9-10? My, my yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to... I would... I think just my number ten. I would. I'm gonna remove the Mavericks. I'm gonna put Thunder <gasps> in there. Wow. Let's fucking go, baby! I didn't even have to convince you. Yet. He just looked at my list and he was like, "Yep, G's right." No, I was. Looking, I didn't even I, say I also, anything about the Grizzlies yet. <laughs> oh, but or the Mavs. Um, oh, you, I said something about the Mavericks and he's like, "Oh, never mind." <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about it. I was like, "Wait a minute," because um, I mean, you have Luca, right? But he's starting to get a little bit like annoying. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but you also have uh, Kyrie Irving, which honestly, he's just cancer. I don't know. <laughs> he's just straight up cancer. And like, they gave away like so much of their like depth, like because of that trade. And I feel like that just like screwed up the entire team because they traded away Spencer Dinwiddie and they got rid of, um, who's that other guy? The DFS, um, the Daily Fantasy yeah, Sports. DFS. <laughs> yeah, Daily Fantasy Sports. Yes, DFS. But they got rid of him too. I feel like after that, the, the that team just tanked. So that's why I kind of want to remove my Mavericks pick and put Thunder. And Thunder, I feel like they're gonna sneak into the playoffs again. I my think. thing with the okay, so my nine ten, I got the Thunder at nine, and the reason I really put them at nine was because I look at their roster and I just think they got significantly better by just getting back Chet because it was such a hole like me and Matt were kind of laughing about some of the plays that we used to play on prize pick a lot last year right Mm -hmm. one of the most common things you could do is just go look who the Thunder are playing find the starting center 
and take his rebounds. And it would probably cash. You know what I mean? Like, it was that simple because they had no center. Derek Favors, I think, was their center for a bit. This Jalen Jalen Williams guy. It was one of the Williams guys. Yeah, Jalen Williams, the one that looks like he's still asleep half the time. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That was not the answer. But Chet, he could be an answer. I could really see Chet as a, you know, rebounding. And, you know, what he's not underrated for is his defensive, like, block ability he's just a tall ass lengthy dude he's in a block shots they have no perimeter defense in there like jalen williams is shooting threes and staying on the perimeter that's not what chet's gonna be doing chet's gonna at least be getting in the paint blocking shots you know maybe having some guys second guess going into the paint as much right and that's all you can really get and that will make you significantly better like their center spot was probably the worst spot of their team and like the worst spot of any of these playoff teams that we have here like if you took their actual like where's the biggest weakness on each team it's like the thunder center is just horrible the last few years when they've been tanking but you know it was for chet you know remember like he was number two pick last year because of a reason you know he was supposed to be like an anomaly of a player right getting overshadowed by uh, victor but he's really really good i think and i think he's gonna be the answer that they needed um and at the 10 i have the timberwolves because ant He's going to take another step forward, and it just that much will make a difference. If Cat stays healthy, I know he got a, I think he had a decent injury last year where he was out for a while. So I would just assume that they're going to be better. And, you know, Rudy Gobert is a, a podcast favorite, Gobert. Sports Council favorite. Boo. I think he's everyone's favorite. <laughs> everyone's favorite. Yeah. I don't know who likes that man. Does anyone go out there and it's like, yeah, I'm a Rudy Gobert stand. I follow him on like, Twitch. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I like the part where he uh, he, he gets took all on. the mics and he like you know, and then where he punched uh, uh Jaden. Who did he punch? Kyle Anderson. <laughs> oh yeah, at on the bench when he yeah. that's when um wait they didn't play uh, wait did the Timberwolves that's when they both play on the Timberwolves yeah. Wait, I think the Warriors played on that game. And they punched each other. Or no, no, no. Each other. This was the last game of the season. Oh. Yeah, and then he punched. Uh, yeah, and then Jaden McDaniels punched the wall and broke his hand. See, I, that's why I can't. I can't. There's nothing about the Timberwolves where it's just like I. I believe you're a legitimate. Like you're a yeah. There's only team. one thing that you need to know is this. Call Anthony Edwards, man. He is legitimate. He is him. Even so, but sometimes you can't. That was your basically your case when you were talking about the Mavericks. That's true, but I, I believe in Luke a little bit more than Edwards. And my thing with the Grizzlies I, is a 25-game suspension for Ja is a big deal because their team is still kind of good, and they always muster up some wins when Ja's gone. It was always a thing, remember? They have a 70% win percentage without Ja, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I just feel like the West is just getting so much better that like that little narrative is not going to last that much longer, you know? Like, it was cool that Ja was out, and, you know, you guys were able to win, and you guys wouldn't fall off as a team. But that doesn't mean that you guys were made to be a team that was supposed to play without Ja. You know, 25 games is a quarter of the season that you're just shooting yourself in the foot, and then you're playing from behind, right? Like, so, I don't know. I just don't I just think they're going to be kind of like off to a good start or end up finishing that strong. I do think that losing Tyus Jones is going to be a lot bigger than people think it is. Because he was a really, really good backup point guard. Yeah, he was really Probably good. the best backup point guard in the league last year. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, replacing him with, you know, replacing him and Dylan Brooks with just Marcus Smart is not usually how basketball works. I think you can replace Dylan Brooks. 
Yeah, you can replace one player with one player, but you can't replace two players that do two completely opposite things with one player. You know what I mean? Because that's essentially what's going on. They don't have a replacement for Tyus Jones. Like, there's not too many players that unselfishly play backup point guard very, very well. Like, what's the list of that? Like, four, maybe? You got Chris Paul now is in that list, but, like, that's about it. You know, like, there wasn't too many options for them to go, you know, D. Rose wasn't the answer that I think they were looking for. You don't think that D Rose and then Marcus Smart's a good facilitator, bro? D Rose, bro, I can't count on him, bro. He's what? back. He's back. Relying we on D Rose know. in 2023, 2024 is fucking insane. He had his MVP year in what 2011, right? <laughs> yeah, bro. What? Jesus, wow. That's insane, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, That's crazy. He's in the sixth are, grade. The Grizzlies are trying to pull off some shit that just not doesn't make sense on paper. Well, on that note, I mean, those are our top 10 teams. Kind of, sort of, maybe. And then, you know, we're, we gave our MVP picks as well. I mean, I, I picked Nicole Jokic. I'm going with the kind of Vegas odds on this one, honestly. And, like, you can't really pick against Jokic yeah, like, at this he, point. Like, Yeah, it's not a bad pick. Like, no one could be like, oh, why are you taking Jokic? It doesn't make sense. And, like, it makes Exactly. It's, it's the smartest pick. Yeah. But that's exactly why I'm not taking him. Take a Steph fucking Curry. Ooh, <laughs> they're gonna have a very successful I, season. I feel like when maybe to the two or three seed, you know, man, Chris Paul, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond, none of those guys are even probably gonna be an All Star. But there's always that one like those are the type of teams like the Jokic, you know, like where Giannis, where like your rest of your guys aren't really like All Stars like that, but you're just so much fucking better than everybody that they'll give you an MVP. And Steph could easily be MVP any single year. For me, uh, I did the same thing as Matt. I put Nikola Jokic, but as a backup, <laughs> I put Joel Embiid. Just bold, because. bold take Dylan. <laughs> Honestly, 76ers, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do, but I think Joel, he's going to be like, I think that he's going to go back to that time when Benson was like being a little diva. He's gonna be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to do everything all by myself. And I feel like that's going to be the same thing this upcoming season with all that James Harden bullshit. Dude, there's so. no way. I feel like there's no way Embiid can be MVP simply because it took a ridiculous campaign last year to even get him there in which Kendrick well, Perkins had, had to, to call everyone card. racist. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then, and then basically Jokic wins the championship and then Embiid looks like a fraud again. Like, I don't know how they can like, I'm not, I'm not the guy to All put right. asterisks next to titles and MVPs, but that was literally a pity MVP. They literally gave pulled a race card, like you said, pitied fucking Joel Embiid into an MVP. Like realistically, yeah. like no one even treats him like an MVP. He'd have to basically have a top three seed uh, in the East without James average Harden. Thirty plus. Yeah, and actually, like, and be the same dominant defensive player. And I know he's good. That's one of the first half picks that I also pick on prize picks. <laughs> like, first half PRA, Joel Embiid, right? Or Every fantasy time. score. Like, yeah, he's great. You know he's I know he's good. Before he goes back into the halftime, and eats fucking two cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I just, I, I feel like the narrative is out on Embiid in terms of, like, oh, like, you, you kind of have to prove. Now he's in the Jokic allegations, right? You won MVP, but what else do you do, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know if the pressure is on. And he's him. Jokic with a more fluky MVP. Yeah. Whatever that means. <laughs> okay, let's go to our championship predictions here. Uh I again, 
big Nuggets guy here right now. I'm going with the Nuggets over the Bucks, and I just, you know, simple math. I think they're the two best teams in the NBA right now. I feel like the Nuggets are. But you had the Celtics at two, bro. What? I think at the end of the day, the Bucks are going to figure it out. I think in terms of the regular season, I think the Celtics are going to be look like the better team. But you know what happens after that? Like, they just kind of look shakier. In you got to force Gio and out Jalen Brown to dribble with his left hand, and everything goes. Right. <laughs> hey, exactly. they've been sending out videos showing Jalen Brown practicing on his left hand. They haven't been pretty videos. Either way, you know I have the Nuggets beating the Bucks, but honestly, this could go either way. I just think that until I see someone beat the Nuggets four times, I just can't see it happening. I think they're just so cohesive. I think they have it on lock. Jokic is just unstoppable on every which AA. And who do you have as a Jokic stopper? It's just hard to Draymond Green. And that takes me into my next pick. The only team to beat those late, the Nuggets in the last couple of years was the fucking Warriors. And they're back, baby, with CP3. Give me a No, ring, Murray. Please. No, Porter. And uh, it's Warriors over the Bucks. CP gets his revenge against those gosh darn it Bucks that took his first ring from him. Such a truly deserved ring that he must have gotten. And all will be right when him and Stephen Curry... In love, we'll take <laughs> the Bucks down in four. In four? Oh, I'm wow. saying it Chris the fuck out of dang. us. Jesus. Bold take. First Man. ever 16 and 0 playoff run. Oh, Jesus Christ. Wow. We, that's we're, going, like we're not Shaq even making Kobe. the playoffs. That's like Shaq Kobe. Nah, it's not because they numbers. went 16-1, bro. The fuck that one. Okay, 16-0. <laughs> Get ready for the play-in. <laughs> They're about to go Tom Brady. <laughs> They're about to go Tom Brady, Randy Moss in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Because they're going 16-0. or no. You are jinxing the shit out of this. I almost feel like you aren't <laughs> even a baseball fan anymore. Scorched earth. <laughs> um, so, I know, I think I'm going to I'm gonna believe in my Warriors, but instead of the Bucks, um, I picked the Celtics. Just because I feel like Celtics, they can go um, they're more playoff ready or even though this is really early to say it but again what I alluded to earlier in the podcast about if Celtics play the Bucks in the playoffs which could very most which can possibly happen um, I think the Celtics they're gonna they're gonna neutralize Damian Lillard and it's gonna they're gonna put all hands on or everything's gonna be on Giannis and um, that's kind of why I'm I believe more in in the Celtics than the Bucks. So, but again, the Warriors, even though we haven't seen this new roster, um, but it to me I feel like this season seems more promising than last year's, comparing just because of how we start the preseason and um just how the roster is constructed this time around. If you think about it, the Warriors were able to do uh, get into the second round of the playoffs losing six even with all everything going wrong jordan Poole shooting like eight percent from three right it was like ridiculous and jamichael green was like literally nothing so i could definitely see like as long as we just have some kind of cohesion i think that stephen curry as long as he keeps being stephen curry like again 
the Warriors haven't lost a series like with Draymond Clay and uh, Steph. The only time that happened was basically you know last year. Obviously, and we have to re- say recency bias, but like I, I, I feel good about their chances. But and we know, have I'm... to rely on Ty Jerome and Jeremy Lamb. Yo, I love Ty Jerome. <laughs> oh, not Jeremy Lamb. What's the other guy? It... Anthony Lamb. Oh, Anthony sorry, Anthony Lamb. Lamb. Oh, he's playing in New Zealand now, so it's okay. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ, really? Yeah, I think I saw it. Was, I, I, it might have been New Zealand. I'm pretty sure it was. Australia. Australia's got a pretty nice league, right? Yeah. NBL, right? I believe it's NBL. Either way, good riddance. No more allegations. <laughs> well, what? Is, let's just for fun, just name a team that's going to be first pick in the draft next year. Ooh. Ooh, that is a, it's a very good corner. Um, the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, it's because they don't have Kai Jones anymore, right? How do I? I, I guess I, so. <laughs> and then we invited him on the pod. Uh, he did not say anything, so I think he's still thinking about it. He thinks about I'm a lot. Gonna s- hmm. This is tough. I feel like that's a really good pick. Just uh, just name just, just name it out of your head. What do you think? One, two, three, grow. Portland. Wow. That's, that's the wrong one. That's pick. That's a good call. That's a good call. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You don't believe in the dominating? No. <laughs> I can't believe he when I saw that video and I'll be honest, I was like, what the fuck, man? Dude, everyone literally hates you. And I was and I think G said this a long time ago. The reason why DeAndre Yaden's good is because of Chris Paul back in when they were both sons because mm. i've never seen him do anything other than getting lobs in the paint damn so i, I was gonna take charlotte i also was gonna take detroit but I, think, I think monty williams will get something going so i'll take the rockets and i'll be a hater against uh dylan brooks nah, i think they're gonna be good i think they they're gonna okay, be better let me take that back they're know, gonna be first. better yeah, they have Fred. They spent a lot. Frederico they spent a lot on what? They spent a lot on Van Fleet, Dylan Brooks, Frederico. and Jock Landale. Yeah. Right? And they just traded Kevin Porter Jr. though, so they're in fun, they totally did. They traded him to the Thunder. Yeah, I oh mean you're, you don't want. You, have you seen what he's been doing during the off season? No, I know. I know what he <laughs> was doing. I can't believe they traded him. Who? I can't believe they got someone to trade for them. That's ridiculous. Well, they traded him to OKC. Then they. And then everyone are they waving him immediately? No, yeah, they're like, oh, we don't want him. We just want the we just want the picks. So yeah, I think they, they got him. picks for trading for Kevin Porter Jr. You know what I mean? So they waved that's him, and then they got like two second round picks or some stupid shit like that. Uh, that's that best. Who cares about that, right? But um, yeah. one quick thing before we head off: what's everybody's boldest take? Like uh, maybe a team we haven't talked about that's going to be good. Or team we might be, you know, someone might have mentioned it's going to be ass or something bold. Or it could be like a trade. Do you think someone that's spicy, like Luca Luca on a different team by the trade deadline and beat? God. Hmm. You go um, first, Dylan. I don't know. This is tough because uh, there's a lot of teams that we haven't talked about, like um, like New York, Chicago. All ass. Yeah. I think. Zach Levine is going to leave Chicago. Damn it. I was just about to... God damn That's it. That's a good one. That's a very good one. I feel like he is like the next star out. So I'm assuming we all don't think Embiid gets traded this season. 
No, I don't see it. I feel like it's honestly nowadays is in the realm of possibilities. Have you guys been seeing the cat the cat trade rumors to the Knicks? Yeah, I could see that. Cat needs to actually focus on playing well and stop saying he's the best center. They're just gonna take him, and then it won't work because Cat's not very good. Yeah, that would totally be a great trade for the Timberwolves. I would do it, but um, I would say I'll give you like a little Team USA pop off stars. I got Tyrese Halliburton and Anthony Edwards as all NBA level players. Hmm. Okay, I could see Edwards. I wonder what will happen with Halliburton. I know he's good, but I just I wonder how what much exposure see, he'll get. This, I'm gonna see a playing this, team. You're gonna see a playing team before they got hurt. They were a playoff team. Don't forget this. Before Halliburton got hurt last year, you, they were literally the Pacers. Yes, the Indiana Pacers were a playoff team before Halliburton got hurt. And I'm sure if you can take the sorry-ass Pacers to the playoffs, you can earn yourself a play 80, 70, 80 games and, you know, a few point guards don't play 62 games or something. Yeah, there's a, there's a little window there for you to sneak in with these new rules and everything. And I think could just flat out get it though. Like on some shy shit, just average thirty three points. Like if Cat gets traded, they get like RJ Barrett back. Like, you know, he's just gonna jack up shots, bro. And Anthony Edwards will be so good for that, you know, like just putting up a million shots, get it like thirty two points a game and just uh, you know, be a playing team as well. I always say this every year. I say this every year, but if the Pelicans actually get it together, Zion doesn't eat his way through New Orleans, then they will be a really good team. Like I feel like <laughs> this has been repeated for like three years. I know. I say this every year. I say this every year. But I believe in, like, when I, I see Zion on the court and he is just, I don't know how he does it without any jump shot whatsoever, but he can, like, he can really just completely dominate inside the paint. He averages, like, I feel like he can average 20 plus, and you add a 20 plus scorer with that team the only issue that i see is like honestly i don't know who their guards are right like mccollum is not the answer so like but jose alvarado yeah but he's just he's grand theft alvarado but i don't know how good he is offensively they need a facilitator if they actually get it going maybe they'll actually trade for one and you know but i think that zion if he's healthy new orleans will be better than we think and I also thought that Chicago was going to sell everyone. Well, those have been some those have been some good basketball takes today. I would say successful, completely all rational. Yeah, hundred percent correct. I would say for mine. Yeah. Well, before we end the show, we want to give a quick shout out to ZenCaster for helping us produce this podcast. They are a premier podcasting recording service, and if you don't believe us, you can always just try it yourself. You just have to go to Zencaster.com slash pricing, use our referral code Sports Council, and you'll get thirty percent off your first month. And, you know, just make a podcast about anything here. And we'll listen to it. Just send it up. Yeah, tell us you use your sports council promo code and we'll listen to your podcast. We'll even give you a shout out for using it. Um, you know, we appreciate everybody that listens, so you know, we want to make sure we show the same love back and listen to what you guys are putting out there. You know, maybe it's some better takes than we are. It doesn't really take much nowadays, but, you know, hey, we're still here, right? Going strong, buying new mics, yeah. sounding crisp. That could be you. Exactly. Episode 117, 
We all started with a laptop. We all started using laptop audio. Yeah, I was on. I was on my ear. Uh, what was it? The iPhone microphone. What is it? The headset, kind of like the earbuds that they come with. Yeah. In the phone. Yeah, the, the little microphone. Yeah, that's crazy. Because yeah. imagine we had Zencaster when we started 117 episodes ago. You know how far <laughs> along we could be right now. <laughs> Probably would be a lot bigger. Exactly, because it's an amazing service. Go buy it yeah. using Swell's Council as your promo code. Promo code. Yeah, that's gonna do it for a show. Be sure to. You know, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music to listen to all of our podcasts. We all obviously have football podcasts going on right now, so you can listen to that. And then be sure to follow our Twitter, our Instagram, our threads. Sports underscore council is the name for all of them. And to get the latest and greatest of our sports takes. So that'll do it, guys. Excited for another, what, six months of the NBA season? Yeah. Hopefully we can do one with uh, Viv and... Get Gav on the NBA one because he's a a, a dirty Royal. Laker fan. <laughs> dirty Laker fan. Why does he got to be dirty, huh? Ray That's just how Lakers fans are. Let's, let's well, that's just Lakers about it, fans. Right? What are you talking I mean, he's about? He's a Lakers. He's a Lakers fan and a Patriots fan. Like, and it's crazy because he hates LeBron. Doesn't even make any yeah. sense. He honestly hates both teams more than either of us hate those teams. <laughs> I I would never say I want to fire my own coach. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, well, but I can't say for I've me, said that. it's good to be back, and I'm glad that I'm back and better now. Um, better. Yeah, and I want to say, uh, Nando Tyler Hero is garbage. Oof. Damn. All right. Signing off. See Thank you. you.